Welcome back to MSP Startup Stories, the number one podcast about MSP business owners starting their business. I'm your host, Jimmy Hatzel. On today's episode, we're joined by a longtime partner of QuickPass and good friend of mine, who some may consider an MSP OG. His perspective on how to run a successful MSP, or any company for that matter, is unique and genuine. It's a relationship business. But I'll let the conversation show him how important that message is. Not to mention, he earned two MBAs while running his MSP. I don't want to give too much away before the episode, but I can't wait for you all to meet him. Let's get in. Corey. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Good to have you on. Hey, man. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, why don't you take a minute? I, I know your name needs no introduction, but uh, why, don't you, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself for our audience? Yeah, no worries, man. My uh, name is Corey Kirkendall, CEO of 5K Technical Services. Uh, I own an MSP out of Plano, Texas. Uh, I'm going into my 16th year now, so I will be considered as uh, as an old head or an OG in the industry. There you go. Corey Kirkendall, the MSP OG out here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, Corey, you know, I've gone through it before. You know, we're going to talk about you and your story and your business and everything. I want to learn all about 5K Techs, but... uh Let's go back even before that, you know, let's go back to what were you doing before you were an MSP, like the couple of years prior? I know when you started, you probably didn't even call yourself an MSP. That's what we've been hearing a lot. But like, were you working internal IT somewhere? Like, what was that? Yeah. So when I first started, you know, I, I came in from old school, man, back in the day, I was IBM working on mainframe system 38s. Um, and then I went to Cisco, did all the networking stuff, man, did my CCIE, did all that good stuff. And I did a lot of traveling all over Asia Pac. That was my territory. So that's how I ended up back in Texas. Before starting this, I was actually in school getting my MBA and I had to write a program, a business plan. I didn't know what an MSP was, didn't know what it is, more like a technology, you know, service provider kind of a person. And so I wrote that as my business plan to get a grade. And that was my final project. So I was like, what best to to validate the business plan than to allow all these business professors at the college you know, critique it. And they was like, hey, man, that's a really good thing, man, go for it. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, and so that's the life of how it came to be. Wait, so you were working Fortune 500, IBM. Did you say Asia Pacific too? You're traveling all over? Yeah, I was in Asia Pacific, man. That was my territory for, wow. I, I did SS7 homologation testing for local PTTs. So essentially what that means is I was validating phone systems to run in different countries as we went out. That was my job at Cisco was to go out there and do that um, when Cisco decided to jump into voice over IP. Wow. And that was so that was like 2003 ish or like when you're. Yeah. So that's like when all that stuff was really rolling hard. Yeah. First getting started, I guess. And then so what made you want to get an MBA? I, that's that's just an uncommon thing. I've never heard someone say, you know, I went and got an MBA, presented a business plan to be an MSP. And then I don't know, we'll get into what happens next. Yeah. So, you know, I, I always love to learn, man, where it came from. And so I always said, look, you know, I was an engineer and, you know, engineers do cool things, man. I'll go out and make this great widget. I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. The challenge is, is that if you don't understand the economics of how to produce it, how to market it, how to get it, it'll never leave the shelf. So I wanted to understand the business side. So not only my wife and my people say I'm a, quant- a quintessential overachiever. So not only did I get one MBA, I did two MBAs at the exact same time. <laughs> no, wait, what? I didn't even know that was possible. Two. Yeah. 
In Texas, both of them? I have two MBAs, man. So one is wow. in conflict and resolution management. Another one's in IT technology. And then I chose conflict and resolution. He's like, why did you do that? I was like, because I believe my undergrad was in business communications. And I always believed that communications and, and conflict and resolution, you know, if, if everybody had a good foothold in that, I think we'd be in a better place as a whole, as the world, because, you know, it comes down to, you know, Jimmy, you're from a different place, different background. I'm from a different background. And we have to appreciate each other's differences and learn where we meet each other in the middle. And I think if everybody thought like that and understand that it's okay to be different, but it's okay to accept those differences, you know, we'd definitely be in different times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We I, When we get into the business too, I want to hear, you know, you applying that over the years, yeah. but let's go back. So you have this initial business plan, you're making it for your final project. I guess this was on the, the other side, not the conflict uh, yeah. resolution MBA, the other MBA. Mm-hmm. And like, what was in it? Like, did you invent the MSP business model in 2003 no. or something? Or You know, so I always, so, so I, I do a lot of uh, church work and things in that respect, I'm very big in, in technology and, all, and, and I love small businesses. So I always said, man, how do I bring this enterprise level IT down to small businesses and, and particularly the nonprofit side? Because, you know, they have a good heart to do good work and they're always under attack. So that was kind of what it was. And so I was serving on a technology advisory board for uh, my local congregation, doing all their IT work, you know, and I learned that, hey, the volunteers do only can work from six on, but they have problems eight to five and nobody can get to them. And um, and that was when they had the most issues. So during the process to start out the thing, the MSP, the IATSP was kind of my side hustle at the time, right? I kind of wrote it up and said, hey, let's try this out. And I put together an RFP for a church here and they got mad at me because I didn't put in, I didn't apply for the RFP. They said, hey, where's your bid? I was like, I didn't want to bid. He's like, no, where's your bid? And so I bid and then then I was like, damn, congratulations, I won. <laughs> and that customer is still my customer to this day. And, uh, you know, we continue to go forward, but that's how it all kind of started. So did you leave your day job before going back to school or you were, you're working full time doing two MBAs and then getting forced into applying for an RFP, Yep. which then you're doing on top of all that too. Yeah. Busy. Wow. It was fun times. So did this just like, did it was one then another, and then it kind of turned into a business or like what happened next? Yeah. So it started turning into a business. So I had my first customer, right. And, and everything, I did everything I could to fire them, but they wouldn't let me fire them. Because I did, you know, I was just kind of playing at the end of the day. I was like, hey, can I hand it off? Nah, man, it's just what it is. So I ended up, you know, while I was working full time, I had a full time employee. And then my wife joined the business and she kind of was running everything while I was doing my my real job. And this kind of came out. And uh, so as we started going through the process, you know, when one customer talked to another customer and I ended up with two customers and another customer talked to another customer and then it was three customers. I was like, oh, my gosh, this thing is growing. I didn't want it to grow. It was just kind of a to play with. It was a hobby. <laughs> and it just kind of did. But what was cool about it is I, I knew right up front that I want that. I tell everybody, and you'll hear me say this, and it's probably one of my catchphrases. I catch some t-shirts that says this. I'm in the relationship business. I just happen to do IT. Mm. That probably closes 90% of all our, all our deals that we go into because they understand at that point, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I will walk away from a contract if it maintains the relationship. Because I value the relationship and, and that communication to people more than I value the business. And I don't want to hold you into something that you just hate life and talk bad about me. And this is just bad because at the end of the day, I do care about you 
as a business as well as a person to continue to go forward. So I tell everybody, I'm in the relationship business. I just happen to be IT. Was there a point where it became this sort of side hustle thing you were doing to like, you know, the business has a name, it's got an LLC, you have to figure out if you need insurance. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> all of the, but that, see, one of the things I did up front, man, is all that was established right up front. I always knew I wanted to, but after I did- you had a business plan. <laughs> yeah, a business plan, right? And I, I followed the business plan, had my LLC, had everything. Now you bring up a great point. I tell everybody, even they come in today, is I didn't know what an MSP was, but I knew where I wanted to go. So I made sure I put the things in the place up front to grow to where I wanted to be. That means putting the right tools in place, the LLC, the insurance, the taxes, and things in that perspective, because I kind of knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And what I see, and I tell everybody that if you're going to play in this space, if you're going to be an MSP, do that, because that's where you want to be when you grow up. Because once you get started and you get a couple contracts, if you haven't put that in place, it's very hard, if likely, you'll ever go back to do it the right way. Because at the end of the day, it's like, hey, why do I need that? I'm already making money, so I'll never go back, right? Until something bad happens and say, hey, uh, let's sue you. And you say, oh my gosh, I'm not set up as an LLC. Then it ends up into your personal because you're just a sole proprietorship. It just goes down that path. So set up everything in your business the right way because you know where you want to go. And then that's your goal, right? To go forward, to be that MSP because now you have the foundation, you have everything in place and you know where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice. And and I want to get into, like I said before, like formalizing, being an MSP, the community, all that stuff. But I, I got one question for you. Did you have a global financial crisis within the first five years of uh, opening in, in your business plan? Or was that that's something that just took you on by surprise? <laughs> well, you know, that, that took us all by surprise. What, what was great about that is, is that coming from corporate America, you know, the IBMs, the Cisco, the VMwares, the EMCs, where I came from, those plans and places were always in place of figuring out how to build out redundancy, how to be able to do that and sustain that. And so part of our model has always been to equip our customers to work remote, to do from home and, and think, be that forward thinking kind of person. And so when I sell a customer a, a desktop and, and they'd have a wireless adapter in it, this is how funny it is. They have wireless adapter and they say, man, why do I need wireless? It's a desktop. It'll never, I'll never take it out of the office. It'll just be here. I'm not going to pay that extra money to put a wireless adapter in it. Right. And so when COVID hit and everybody had wireless adapters in it because you couldn't find anywhere, anywhere, <laughs> it was like, Corey, you are so awesome. You are the man. I knew you knew what you were talking about. I was like, yeah, you remember that wireless adapter? They said, but I said, because when you took it home, nobody has a switch at home. They have Wi-Fi at home. So now they take their desktops and, and run with it, where if they didn't do that, I mean, we running Ethernet cables everywhere and trying to find switches and do things. So it was kind of that thing that it was, you know, I didn't think that a pandemic was coming, mm. but it was thinking outside the box to the point where I do see, you know, co-working spaces happening. I do see less people going into the office, even if COVID wasn't happening. I could always, you could kind of see where it was going, that most people were going to try to figure out somewhere how to work from home or do something different or do more with less. So I think COVID just kind of escalated that and it put it on. Accelerate. Accelerated yeah. it big time, big time. So let's go back. So you're, you're one person, you're two people, you're three people. Maybe this is starting to feel like a full-time thing. Like at what point did you leave your job? When did that happen? <laughs> Man, it was, I tell them all the time, man, it's hard to serve two masters, man. And and at the end of the day, the business was there. It wasn't like I was going to go get rich off of it. But what was cool about it is that when I decided to really invest, I made sure that 
that we had the funds in place, one, to not change out anything that I was doing at home, you know, because, you know, happy wife, happy life, you know what I'm saying? You know, keep her happy, kids were doing what they got to get done. But I also had enough nest egg built up to the point where I could pick and choose and say no to certain customers, right? I didn't have to go and grab customers, which was amazing because, you know, there were some that, you know, you say yes to one, you're saying no to Mm. something else. And uh, and you have to pick and choose. I had the luxury to go do that. So probably, I'd say probably in 2010, I really just said, I'm out. I came home to my wife. I said, I went to my boss and told him, I said, hey, you know, as restructure happens, whatever it is, put me on the plan to <laughs> to lay me off. They was like, what? You want to be what? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. They got to pay me to go. I'm out, right? And came home and she was like, you're going to do this what? I was like, yeah. And then from that point, man, it was just sky's the limit at that point. Just, you know, once you're able to focus and get in and, and really lay it down, that's when it really got fun and got interesting became real. Yeah. Wow. I tell everybody, I say, you know, people who do this as a side hustle and don't want to get in the game, I say, hey, you still got a full-time job, but you decide not to do anything in MSP, you're still going to get a check. You still got to get benefits. So you kind of, you know, playing on the side. I say, this is for real. This is not for play play for me. This is real business, right? And once it gets to that point, it's real, you know, and, you know, but I had that plan. That that piece was that solid plan that came through is what I always go back to. I, I call that that gets me back to my true north. If anytime I try to deviate or not go where I want to go, I go back and read the plan and it it corrects me and says, you know what? You don't really need to be doing that. This is what your goal was. Hit this and then we can talk about adjusting later on. And uh, that's what it was all about. Yeah. And so now I see you as someone who's super involved in like the MSP community, the events. I, I don't know. You might be in like a peer group or something mm-hmm. uh, or have been in a couple over the years. Yeah. Like at what point did you start to identify your business as being an MSP and start participating in that community? Yeah. The name kind of stuck, right? You got MSP, MSSP, VAR, service provider, all kind of stuff that you got yeah. going on, right? But at the end of the day, we're a managed service provider because that's what the, the industry has called us to be. To be honest with you, we I still consider myself to be that trusted advisor, right? Yeah, we're the doctor for PCs, we're doctor for your network, right? You know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're we're up against. And you know, unfortunately, our industry of an MSP is there's no definition, there's no here's what it is, right? Anybody can can be an MSP, right? If a plumber decides that hey, I can fix computers as well as pipes, he could be an MSP. And there's just nothing about it, right? <laughs> I couldn't be a plumber because I got to go take a test and be certified, and I have no idea about it. But he can really come in and say, hey, I'm an MSP today and be in the business. So we're that trusted advisor, man. And, and one of the things is that ethics and trust and where it comes from is, is really big for us. That's where it all comes down to. I tell everybody that when one MSP coughs, we all catch the cold. So therefore, it behooves us to, to take care of one another and make sure that we're good and healthy. And that means putting the right things in place. Because, you know... One of the things that we have is, is that when a customer transitions from one MSP to another, it's like breaking up on a relationship. Mm-hmm. That new MSP can't do anything because the old MSP, well, the old MSP told me I needed to do this. And, well, ma'am, I'm not your old MSP. I'm the new guy. Well, my old MSP told me to do this. Well, ma'am, I'm not your old MSP. I'm your new guy. So the new guy can't do nothing because he's handcuffed by the old guy. And so that's why I say if you put it up to a place, you know, there's going to be, you know, different technology, different things. There will be transition. But I, I say you got to do the right thing with the customer. And if you call yourself an MSP, be an MSP, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Like I also, I hear a lot of like purpose in your work, you know, working with like 
just the the way your company formed and and going and, and working with a church and then mm. you know you've built out a lot of a big reputation around nonprofits and I sense that passion like I sense mm-hmm. at least that is some of the appeal to move over from the full time IBM yeah. Cisco job to you know work and run your own business. How do you take that purpose and apply it to what you do every day? Does it keep you going or <laughs> all day every day, man? I love to give back, man. You know. That's probably the the biggest deal, man, is is I, I'm out in the industry. I'm out and around here and, and doing those things is, is where it gets back. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You I mean, you can be the smartest man in the room, but you never open your mouth. Nobody knows. Right. And you know me, I, I'm not shy on words <laughs> and not shy on meeting people. So I want everybody to know that, hey, I'm here to give it away, man. Knowledge is is free and powerful and just, you know, give it out as much as can. You know, so the, the work that we do with is we're very passionate inside of churches. We have some some strong nonprofits that they really talk about, you know, uh, recidivism, bringing people and giving them true second chances. Right. And, you know, that's some of the things I'm one of those guys that when when those guys come out and I'm not only do they're my customers, but I actually volunteer with them. So when they're coming out or, or being incarcerated for a certain amount of time, I'm that guy that's at the bus station picking them up in their whole industry and, and teaching them how to use a cell phone because everything has changed in that time. Right. And what do they need to get done? And it's strong. And I, I do that because I wish there was a me when I was growing up. I didn't have a Corey. Yeah. So I want to be their Corey to everybody that I can and, and that I can share it with. So that's what's up. I didn't have a me. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Like, it seems like you use your business as like a tool to do this work that you really like doing. I know it like gives you the flexibility where you can, yeah. you know, maybe pop out for a couple hours and go pick someone up and yeah. teach them how to use the cell phone. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing, we, man. We do some cool stuff, man. I, I just shipped off probably seventy, eighty thousand dollars worth of donated hardware equipment to a, a church plant in uh, Virginia that we support. Shipped off about ninety thousand dollars worth of stuff to Kenya right before the COVID happens, right? And we support them and we do a lot to enable technology. And the main thing is is showing nonprofits and churches how to leverage technology to continue to get their messages out. And they're using it because it's been amazing to see how things grow and how technology changes the aspect and how they can you know, reach more with less. And it's, it's just been booming and I love every minute of it. Yeah, let's get back. I said I wanted to come back to this, the like, uh conflict resolution and your MBA and, you know, focus on that. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that it helps you interact with and your undergraduate degree in uh, business communications, interact with all types of people and all different backgrounds, whatever it is. Yeah. How do you apply that to your business today and, and have over the, you know, over the years? Yeah. And, you know, everybody calls it today is a DNI, diversity and inclusion and, and where it comes mm-hmm. from. And I think, you know, I learned a long time ago that, I celebrate the differences. One of my head techs here is is a great tech, but he's he's uh, becoming he's serve he's studying to become a priest, so he's taking Latin, right? Wow. And so we'll have some deep conversations and support him through that process. I got another guy who loves to paint and do certain things and and do those things. I have you know a very diverse team to have that, and then we celebrate each other's differences by listening and talking to one another about upbringings where we are and what's going on and have those open conversations and, and try to create a, a, an environment and a culture that embraces what that looks like. And uh, so they're free to have those hard conversations, right? You know, and be able to do those things and celebrate one's differences and make it comfortable, right? That's the key. You know, I have somebody that's, you know, 
that's you know lgbtq that qualifies as other and we try to make it inclusive where they don't feel outcast and and hey it's a safe place to come in and, and we have a great time we're big family we like to play hard we work hard i'm always renting out a movie theater we're going bowling or we're going doing something that's off the wall and then we, we probably eat some food that most people wouldn't eat and we call ourselves foodies but we try a little bit of everything because of different cultures right that i would have never tried before but I'm open and and they know that one of the things I, they'll, I'll never ask them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And so I'm not one of those guys that say, Hey, go out there and do that. Nine times 10, I'm either up in the front with them or I'm there supporting them. And I'm never too far away from my guys. I, I protect them because they're my family and they know it. I go to bat with them all the time. Wow. And did you have to be purposeful to avoid having the like stereotypical IT guy, you know, uh, character type, be everyone in your company and building such a, you know, diverse group of individuals where everyone feels empowered and, you know, can be their true self. You do, man. Day one interview, you come in with me, I'll tell you, man, look, IT guys are jerks. They, nobody, (laughs) everybody hates them. And that's like, uh, we can't be that person, right? And there's a saying that's back there, my guys know it. If you're asking, they say, what's Corey's favorite saying? Hey, if you don't know, don't snow, don't make it up. Right. Because some guys would be like, yeah, I know how to make it up. You know, the thingamajig or the such and such and poop is in the cloud and da, da, da. It's like, hey, I'm good. Like, yeah, right. You snow, you got to go. Right. That's the real. Because at that point, the customer doesn't trust you. You lost the trust and you would you just kind of, you know, there's no reason for you to be there anymore. So if my customer can't call you and can rely on you as part of the team, then there's no reason for you to be a part of the team. And the team knows that without customers, we don't exist. So treat them with that level of respect. Without them, we don't need to say, I love you, but I'm not going to go catch a loan and be like, you know what? I love you, Richard. You just need to stay here. I'm going to pay for you. You don't have to call nobody. No, you got to go. You keep care of the customers. You don't take care of the customers. You're showing everybody on the team that you don't want to be here. And I tell them all the time, man, if you get fired or you get let go from 5K, you were working too hard. (laughs) You were working too hard, man. You were working too hard. Just a little bit less and you would have been okay. So you mentioned earlier, and in the beginning, your wife was working in the business. Yeah. Is she still working there today or yeah, is she she's, still involved? She's, here. She's, she's on the other side of the wall. She don't let me do with certain things. She, she takes care of the front of the house and kind of work through. And that's kind of how 5K came to be. People ask me about 5K. Like, hey, man, what's that? What is that all about? Well, it's about family, right? It's it's me, my wife, and my three kids, the five Kirkman dolls. That's what oh, the five K. Whoa. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what it is. And they have no desire to be part of this. But there are part, and I did that on purpose for two things, right? Back to my marketing and business plan is that I learned that a letter or a number, a number will always place higher on anything in the marketing. So that's why five, the only thing that's above me is zero, one, two, three, four, right? Yeah. yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so it all kind of played into each other. So again, when I was in college and took advantage and really did it, I was like, yeah, man, they said, Hey, marketing, you was cut check, you know, and business plan check <laughs> financials check, keep it going. Right. That's what happened. And that's, and it, but it was also a tribute back to them that they give me the, the honor and, and the trust to go out here and do this on my own. That's a big deal, right? To to have your family, you know, stand up behind you and say, hey, dad's going to stop working and the stress that comes in and we're going to miss him and, and he's going to go heads down. That's a, that's big because at the end of the day, man, I was like, dang, if I fail, this is tough, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's crazy. It's pretty crazy, but they support it. So 
or front and center, man, as I wear my shirt and see it, they're on my, they're on my chest every day, every day, right over my heart. That's where they be. Wow. And um, so how old were your kids when you started the business? It'd take a second to, yeah. 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 So my, my oldest now is, is 28. And then my, uh, my middle is 19 and my daughter is 15. So my daughter wasn't even born when the business kicked off and uh, she's cool. And uh, my son was, was like three and my oldest son was 13. So, so you had two MBAs, a full-time job, a business, and then a 13 year old and a three year old when you were doing all this. Right. So my kids think I'm crazy, right? So my son, who was just ready to get into high school, he didn't want to do well in school. And he's like, dad is hard, man. You know, I can't really do this. I was like, I challenge you. If I do well in school, you got to do well in school. So that was a challenge. <laughs> it was on, right? And, it, and then he's like, okay, dad. I'm not, I said, dude, I got a full-time job. I got a three-year-old. I got 13. And I'm in college with two full MBAs. What you talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that conversation didn't last too long, but you know, I, I started it, but that was a challenge to show him that, Hey, you put your mind to it. You could get it done. And I said, all you got to do is go to school turn your homework in and be good. I got to travel, do this. I was like, come on, man, this is crazy. And so, and now that he's 28, he, he calls back and, and understands now and respects that. I said, man, dad, I, I appreciate your hustle, baby. I, I appreciate your hustle. Cause it was, it was on point. Yeah. And it just, you know, what you were saying earlier, people who are uh, still doing the MSP thing on the side or maybe just some some consulting, like you had a business plan, but from what I'm hearing, there's no business plan B. It was, this is the business plan. It's got to work. (laughs) Going down, going down. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the piece, man, is that once you put your mind and you focus, man, that's what it really comes down to is, is, hey, this is what I wanted to be. And I'm going to do everything I got to do to align to that. And everything I did align to that. And it continues to align today. That's why I spent a lot of time in the channel. Man, we remember the old days. You know, Rob Ray, when he was back at Level Platforms, right? People were like, wow, that's when Level was it. And we that's how far we go back. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool stuff. That's when it started, man. That's when it started. So what's it like today for you? Like, what's a, what's a, the, a day in the life of Corey? <laughs> You know, I tell everybody, it's like, you know, it, it definitely has evolved and changed. And, you know, I'm looking at what the next phase of what a service provider would be. I won't say it's an MSP, but what the service provider is going to look like. For me, it's probably going to look less like help desk, less like fixing email, less like whatever. A lot more security consulting level from that perspective and taking it up a level in the stack and doing from that perspective and probably spending a lot more time mentoring and enjoying what I do out in the channel and and continue to do that. But each day, man, it's always different. <laughs> it's never the same day, man. It's like you never know what you're going to get. And, and the clients never let you forget that. But we embrace that and appreciate them for where they are, man. But it, it, it's still it's still fun. It's still fun. Yeah. And man, it's just like whether it's your clients, your business, the community, the industry, all I'm hearing is is purpose, meaning, giving back. I commend you, man. It's you've built a great, uh, great business and and great, great life for yourself, from what I can see. Appreciate that. Yeah. So one of the big uh, purposes of this podcast is, you know, for uh, newer people who are maybe just getting started, mm-hmm. to listen to the OGs like yourself, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of the same feelings. You know, the fear of uh, jump, you know, quitting the full time job or whatever it is. But like for you, like, what advice would you have to someone? 
either at that stage where they're ready to fu- leave their full-time job or even maybe you yeah. a couple years ago when you were first getting started? Yeah, I tell everybody is that, you know, sit down and one, sit down with your significant other or your family members and really express to them what you want to do and, and show your goal. And if you can't convince those in your house, then you you probably don't want to run out there and jump out there. That's a, Those are your biggest critics who are going to be out there. But convince them and let them know what you want to do, where you need their support, because that's what's going to be important. Make sure you're on the same page at that. Next thing is that if you're going to call yourself an MSP or do that, partner up with somebody who's doing it. Please, my contacts is there. Reach out. I'm always open. That's doing what you're doing and ask them to teach you or, or give you lessons learned of what they would have done different. Or if they're doing it right and you meant to them, follow their lead, right? That's what it's all about. There's no reason to recreate the wheel from that perspective to see how it goes. And they solidly understand. Get into a peer group because it's, it, you know, it's lonely at the top. Most people are not going to come in my office, knock on the door and say, hey, Corey, you know, today... I just want to come in here and tell you, you know, I got this covered. I'm going to handle this business. No, they're coming with all their problems and your problems. And, you know, that's what it's all about. But you'll make sure that, you know, get into a peer group where you got people holding you accountable, hitting your goals, tell you where you want to go and be okay to understand that. Because if you keep it in your head, everybody's just natural in your head. It sounds, it sounds cool. Oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced dead. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh my God. And you, and when you speak it, and somebody hears it, they're going to hear something that you didn't think about. And they'd be like, you know what? You'd be like, nah, I don't think that was a good idea. That was not smart. <laughs> but it saves you a lot of time and a lot of headache. But get around other people and do that. You know, birds of a feather flock together, right? And, you know, you can't call yourself an MSP and, and hanging hanging out at the restaurant, people. So at that point, you're just an oddball because you just, the, the guy who wants to do technology, just hanging out with the restaurant people. <laughs> Go hang out with the MSPs. That's what you want to be, Right. And then surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Right? Get, a, get a team that has that passion, has where you want to go and start to build up and go where you want to be and identify where you want to be. Because the challenge you also have at MSP, what we do, everybody needs. Right. And so everybody cannot be your customer, even though everybody is our customer, because everybody needs what we do. But you're going to have to get into more of a, a sniper's approach because sometimes you come out and you're in a buckshot, you just, poof, everybody hits. You got to get very specific and lawyers, nonprofits, poof, or this. Poof. At that point, not saying you the only thing that you serve, but when you become an expert to be able to talk about lawyers and hear their language and talk about from that perspective, it continues to grow. That's why you want to do that. And then once you get that knocked out, then you can transition. And now you maybe have three focuses and verticals, but you just cannot be everything to everybody. And my final advice would be is it's okay to say no. And it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah, That's it. And then like I say, partner with somebody because you know that's the piece where you're going to learn, but be straight up and say, I'm going to partner with you because I want to learn to eventually do it myself. Don't partner with somebody and say, hey, I want to partner with you. I'm going to give you all this business. And then one day you decide to wake up and says, man, I'm giving too much business to Jimmy. And now I don't want to be Jimmy's friend no more. I'm going to take all the business back. Well, that's kind of shady, right? So let's have that conversation up front. Then knowing that there's always an end game. So therefore, as long as the communication path is open, then we're okay, right, to go down that path. And that's where it comes back to you talk about the MBA and business communication Everything gets lost in translation and communication by having that conversation up front and saying, hey, man, I don't have this business today. I want to learn how to be this business and you do this business. Can you teach me? And eventually I will do this. 
versus, hey, man, can you do this for me? I'm going to give all the visits to you. And then in three years, now you come and take it all the way back. Because I'm sure in order to do that, that person had to adjust their business to accommodate that. And now you just rip the rug right out from under them. And it just causes issues on the background, right? Because, you know, there's a cost of doing business. But if you're up front, hey, just keep keep that relationship moving and, and be open. That's what it's all about. Be open. Tell you, Don't make people assume what you're feeling. Tell them. <laughs> Let them know where you stand. That's what's up. Wow. Well, Corey, man, this has been awesome. This is uh, put together a great business, great life. Definitely have a lot to offer the community. If you're listening to this right now, like Corey said, he said, reach out to me. You know, he said, reach out to him. Sure. You know, can't stress that enough. If you're looking for uh, what to do next or or some somewhere and as a mentor, got one right here. So, well, thanks again, Corey. Uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap up here. Appreciate your time. You're always doing so much. Uh, I feel like I'm asking you to do things all the time. So <laughs> just another one. But uh, thanks again, man. Oh, my pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. This has been great. Yeah, our pleasure. 